Hello, everyone. My name is Charles, the lead pastor here. Welcome to our Zoom Sunday service here at the river. We're so glad you could join us. Today, we are taking a break from our long-running sermon series, Understanding the Bible Through Jesus, because we are planning to reopen soon, sometime in September, as we wait for the latest COVID surge to subside. As you can see, we're getting set up. The band is getting back together. There's a lot of fun stuff here, and I'm really looking forward to being here together. I hope and believe that this is the last big wave of COVID. By late fall, even with variants emerging, I believe enough people have been vaccinated or previously infected to get us into a place where COVID can be around, but not enough to cause lockdowns. With that in mind, we are really looking forward to reopening in person sometime this fall. Here are some pictures of our new space. It's going to be great. Uh, almost 10 years ago, we did our relocation campaign to look for a space uh, like this. And finally, we have landed. As such, I thought this would be a good time to talk about the vision of the church, why we do what we do, what are the core values, why are we here, what can you expect to get out of this church if you choose to be part of it. In some churches, they focus on Bible knowledge. If you go to those churches, it's clear that you will learn more about the Bible. Other churches focus on how faith can help you succeed in life. If you go to such church, it's clear you will get tips on how to be more successful, how to be more positive in life. So, what about us? What will you hear about when you come to the river? My answer is, we will strive to help you come fully alive through faith. Specifically, faith in the unconditional love and worth from God shown on the cross by Jesus. That has many implications, but for today, I want to talk about seven foundational convictions that explain why we have chosen that as our purpose. This may come as a repeat to some of you, but it's good to be reminded of why we are here and there will be some fresh material as well. First, at the river, we are deeply biblical. Everything I preach will be out of deep biblical convictions. This does not mean we will follow every letter of the law in the Bible. If we did that, we would have to kill people who enjoy rare steak. That's in the Old Testament, and that ban is repeated in the New Testament as well. You see, you can't just apply to modern life all the passages from the Bible without thinking deeper about it. Nobody does it, in fact. So it's a deeply flawed, simplistic mindset to say, well, the Bible calls it sin, so it must be sin. If we keep to that kind of mindset, 
to just go with what the Bible says without deeper considerations in all these passages, we would still be supporting slavery and banning steakhouses. You have to go deeper into the principles of what makes sin a sin. The deep biblical convictions and principles that flow from the heart of God, these principles are consistent from the first to the last pages of the Bible. Especially, there is one guiding principle, unconditional love and worth that can guide us through life. As the Bible tells us, the commandments do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet, and any other commandments are summed up in this one decree, unconditionally love your neighbor as yourself. Unconditional love does no wrong to its neighbor. Therefore, unconditional love is the fulfillment of all the requirements of the Bible. Romans chapter 13. This passage tells us that every single command of the Bible, all the do's and do nots, all the requirements of the Bible about what is sin and what is not, they are all summed up in the one principle of unconditional love. So that's why slavery was wrong. It has always been wrong. No matter how many preachers and theologians have supported it throughout the centuries because it did not pass the principle of unconditional love. Skin color as a condition to treat people differently, that's the definition of conditional. So you see there are biblical commands based on the culture at the time that do not satisfy the principle of unconditional love in modern life, and we must not follow them. Jesus taught that himself in a number of passages. And there are many passages like that, like how the women should not lead or even speak in public. This is not unconditional love. Gender as a condition should not hold women back. To follow those commands, as many churches do, just because the Bible says so would be sinful, in fact. Just as those slaveholders were sinful in mistreating the slaves, no matter how many passages in the Bible they could point to to justify their behavior. So we condemn all the attempts to hold women back from leadership. We condemn the efforts to treat the LGBTQ community like some kind of second-class citizens. They are sinful actions and mindset against the cross. It breaks the heart of God. It is contrary to the gospel. More on this later, but we will be consistently and deeply biblical in everything we teach and practice. Second principle we want to follow is the principle spiritually powerful. We believe in the living God. We are not following a God who is dead or practically dead, who gave us the Bible and disappeared. 
God can be experienced today in everyday life. There are moments when you can experience sudden joy in your heart, sudden peace, this sense that all is right, that you are not alone, this inexplicable feeling in your soul, that is the Holy Spirit, God walking alongside us. That's the literal name of the Holy Spirit, in fact. Therefore, faith must not be just a mental and moral exercise, but faith is to be experienced, to be lived out. We want to help you connect to the living God who is the giver of all good gifts. Third, emotional health. We believe the root of all human trouble, as described in the book of Genesis chapter 3, talks about the original sin, which is so often misunderstood even in church, especially in church actually. You've seen pictures of Eve taking the apple, doing something wrong, forbidden fruit, temptation uh, of some fleshly desire. Well, contrary to popular imagination, it was not an apple. It was not about fleshly temptation. It was called the fruit of knowledge of good and evil. Does that sound like some sexual temptation or something forbidden as in popular imagination? Knowledge of good and evil. The ability to tell what is good and what is evil, what is sin and what is not. To be able to judge what is righteous and unrighteous, right and wrong. Does that sound like anything to do with the temptations of the flesh? It's the opposite, isn't it? In fact, ask yourself, who is into knowledge of good and evil, or in Hebrew, right and wrong? It could just as well be translated right and wrong, or good and bad, or good and evil. It's about a moral judgment, isn't it? Usually it's the churches that traffic in moral judgments. It's the preachers thundering about sinful, secular world out there instead of what's happening in here. You know, pointing the fingers at others. They are the ones who drink deep of the fruit of judging between good and evil or right and wrong. So there is something deep going on here when the Bible calls that the original sin. So what is it? Well, the passage tells us what happens in the passage. The first fruit of this judging between good and evil or right and wrong is Adam and Eve feel content, compelled to cover themselves up. Before the fall, they could see themselves naked, transparent. They liked what they saw. But now, they see all kinds of flaws that must be covered up. They reject who they are. By using the knowledge of good and bad applied to themselves, they think that they are not good enough. 
so things have to be covered up. Thus began hell on earth, according to the Bible. And it continues to today, when so many of us are so busy trying to cover ourselves up with education, with money, with success, with church righteousness. This is the root of all human trouble, the Bible tells us. Therefore, we believe self-rejection and emotional health to be of great importance in any pursuit of faith. More on this later, but for today, I just want to say, we as a church will be motivated by joy and freedom and love from the living God rather than fear and guilt and shame, which may produce better behavior in the short term, but ultimately feeds into the fruit of knowledge of good and evil, or right and wrong. Of course, we want to encourage good behavior that leads to success in life, but that's just because that makes life easier. That's not about who we are, our worth and our salvation before God, that's in the cross. Amen? That's the gospel. We want you to know the gospel that brings freedom and emotional health. Fourth, authentic connection. We believe connection brings heaven and alienation brings hell. Genesis chapter 3 further describes the fall of humanity as complete alienation in every dimension caused by judging and rejecting of self, each other, and God. Adam and Eve not only reject their naked self, they hide from God and reject each other. Adam says, the woman you put here with me caused all the problems. Genesis chapter 3. Can you see the alienation in that sentence? That one sentence captures beginning of alienation and hell and rejection on earth. So we believe the work of faith is to reverse alienation and encourage authentic connection to the self, to each other, and to God and reality. Because that is what the cross accomplished. Hallelujah. That's why we strive to be a faith community that's not just focused on individual piety, but genuinely connected community as we pursue connection to self and God as well. Fifth, practical. We don't want to give you just theories and moral lectures. We want to see faith make a difference in life. Right theology, great theology should bear good fruit. As the Bible says, faith that doesn't make a difference in life is dead. Be assured if you put the gospel to work, faith in God's unconditional love and worth to work, it can change so much about how you experience day-to-day -day life. Sixth, we believe gospel is good news for everyone all the time. Gospel as currently understood is too often bad news for too many people because church at large is too focused on righteousness and judgment of God. We must never forget that Jesus 
is good news to all people everywhere. Any gospel that violates that principle is no gospel at all. Again, this connects to how church can become corrupted and become all about the knowledge of good and evil, trafficking in morality. But hasn't Jesus said his church will be known for agape love, unconditional love? Has Jesus ever said his church will be known by how they pronounce what is righteous and what is sin? Shouldn't we pastors and church leaders pause for a bit instead of gleefully diving into the business of morality, pronouncing judgments based on knowledge of good and evil? That's what everyone does in the whole world. That's worldly thinking. There has to be something that differentiates us, the children of light, from the worldly way of thinking. Hasn't it ever struck you as odd that the Bible calls all that judging of right and wrong the original sin that brought hell on earth? Why is church so into such sinful behavior? We the church are to be known for unconditionally loving all human beings, judging what is sin and what is not. That's what all the other religions are about. That's what the world is about. That's what Judaism was about. That Jesus came, um, Judaism that focused on legalism and laws of the Bible as exemplified by Phariseeism that Jesus came to overturn. Not all Judaism, but a lot of the Judaism that Pharisees were enemies of Jesus. That was what this dispute was all about. Never forget that. That Jesus was killed by people who majored in morality. We are followers of Jesus, not some other religion. Jesus warned us again and again about becoming arbiters of morality. But it's not easy to live by the gospel, by the agape love of God. It's so much easier to judge and condemn everything around us. We all have original sin in our soul. We are all Adam and Eve, taking in that fruit of knowledge of good and evil. Every day we go around judging our days, ourselves, others. That's why the river's mission is to facilitate experience of unconditional love and worth, agape love. There are four different words for love in Greek, philia, eros, stoge, and agape. Agape is unique in that it is unconditional love. All the other kinds of love have conditions attached. But it is that unconditional part that is what makes the cross so great and so special. What is the message of the cross? God so loved the world unconditionally and everyone in it that God became a human being to share in our sufferings and died on the cross to express to us how high God values us, the depth of God's incomprehensible infinite love, and acceptance of each and every one of us, no matter who you are, what your skin color is, even how righteous you are, no conditions attached, 
Jesus just went ahead and died for us. But this message is not easy to take into heart. It's so much easier. We just automatically attach conditions. It's so much easier to condemn, blame, live in regret, in bitterness, in judgment of this dumb world. And no mistake, the world is harsh, dumb, doesn't make much sense. It's tough. The world throws a lot of incomprehensible challenges at us. My daughter worked at a restaurant this this summer, and she says the crew who work there, the waiters, the busboys, the host, they had a saying they repeated multiple times throughout the day, and that is, people suck. They would experience some hostile customer, someone who is just being so unreasonable, and they would gather around or walk by each other, and they would just say, people suck. And everyone would respond, people suck. It's true, because people behave badly. People treat uh, people like waiters badly, often. It's true. The world is quite aggravating, to be honest. So it's not easy at all to live by unconditional love. Not easy at all to live by the gospel. This is why we need church. This is why we need spirituality. Apostle Paul prays this in Ephesians chapter 3. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in unconditional love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the unconditional love of Christ and to know this unconditional love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. What a beautiful prayer. Apologize for using him and his for God. God is both male and female. The Bible makes that very clear. Most Bible translation has he and his exclusively to refer to God, which is really sad. And... uh, I just missed that translation here. So, uh, God is clearly both gender. But anyway, this is a beautiful prayer. We all need to pray this daily. Because it takes the power of the Holy Spirit to live by the agape love. It takes spiritual power to have unconditional love dwell in your heart. It's impossible otherwise. But here's the good news. If we pray, if we turn to God together and individually to ask God to touch our hearts with the unconditional love, it will come to you. This is promised. God will pour this love into your heart. So this week, every day, just turn to God. 
and ask to know more of this love of God and to live by it. It can change everything in your day. So this is what we as a church is trying to help people experience more of and to live by it. It really changes everything. Next week, I will speak more on just how this faith changes life and how to experience more of this agape love. See you then. Now, I would love to discuss all this with you, so please stick around for our Zoom Sunday discussions at 11.45. And if you are watching this on YouTube, um, try our 11 o'clock Zoom live Sunday service. You get to interact with other people. Uh, it's a fun time. Please join us. God bless everyone. Bye. Thank you.